want a piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome to episode 276. Welcome to a brand new episode. And welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I am your host, Juan. I'm joined by Zach. What's up, man? Hey. Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. You have, a, you have a good weekend? Good weekend. Got some recent watches in. Just Time's just flying, dude. We got, like, feels like one a week before Christmas, and we're off to the races of 2024. Yeah, just uh, just a few more days. Are you ready for the big special holiday? I am. You know, it, it feels like every year Christmas gets earlier and earlier. <laughs> I feel like next year, like the lights will be up in September. To be honest, so it's just it comes. It just comes and goes so quick. I mean, it's just kind of shocking how how quick it goes. I think the year has been so rough for some people. By like by the time that summer heat is just over, people are like, "Bring on Christmas!" Oh yeah. Well, I was actually the news was on the in the other room, and they said it was the hottest year on record for planet Earth. So, the day after tomorrow is coming, folks. Just be prepared. Speaking of the day after tomorrow, it's not on my recent watches today, but it probably will be soon. The new End of the World movie with Ju- Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke is getting some buzz. A lot of people oh, are saying yeah. it's pretty. A lot of people are saying it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't seen it yet, but it's personally, I hope to talk about it. Uh, next week before our top five plus five yeah i'm so much to watch so little time uh speaking of guys a look back last week we talked about the lord of the rings the return of the king it was the 20th anniversary me you and craig had a fun conversation uh you guys probably thought i was gonna like completely trash on that long ass movie but that was not the case yeah you shocked both of us uh, so if you guys want to hear our thoughts on that movie, go back and listen to the archives. You can listen to any episode in the past. Um, just look us up on social media, Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can also check us out on social media. We have giveaways, um, certificates, all kinds of things you can win. Facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast, Instagram one word slash the movie, the cinnamon movie podcast, and then X is cinnamon 405, or you can email us at cinemen921 at gmail.com. Zach, since it's just me and you next week, I think, um, besides our top five plus five, I think we're also just going to go through and just chat with people and have some email conversations. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. I feel I feel like we haven't done emails in over a year, I'm gonna be honest. Um but yeah, so go back and, and listen to last week's episode. You know what is getting a lot of praise and we're getting so many comments and likes and shares is the Scarface episode. That has slowly reached our one of our most fastest downloaded episodes of the year and people are just people are obsessed over the Scarface, the good, the bad and the ugly uh, accents that we all did during that episode. Uh, how many hateful emails did I get about not liking the movie? <laughs> you gave it. A, you gave it a seven. Well, not in in today's world, a seven is like trash. If you don't give it like a nine or a ten, then you know you're subsided. You're outcasted from society. Is it? So, 
Man, well, let's uh, get into some recent watches. Um, do you have any that you want to get off your mind or your your heart? How is how has the uh, the Godzilla streaming show been been treating you? Overall, the Godzilla show has been good. I'm just one episode behind, and I'm probably gonna watch that tonight. Um, but I'm just really trying to just get caught up from stuff I've watched that I missed over the year. Uh, I'll just rapid fire through mine. The Exorcist Believer on Peacock. It just don't. I know you're a fan of the original. I'm, I'm, I'm buying the Blu-ray. I know you're buying the Blu-ray, but I'm just curious about what you think. I just thought it was just kind of garbage. Like, I don't know if I'd call it the worst thing in the in the year, but it just. I, I I'll just spoiler alert. Nothing really happens until like the first like 40 minutes of the movie. So that's the original Exorcist. So, well, like I said, you're a fan of the original, so you might appreciate it more. Um, Past Lives, very, very, very good film. Oh, yeah. I, I understand why it's getting all the buzz and the accolades nominations right now, which we'll talk about Golden Globes here in a minute. Strays. Which is, is also going to be our special Valentine's Day episode, February 14th on that Wednesday, is, uh, is past, past Lives. So. There you go. Strays. I, it is what it is. I'll just say that. Is, is that going to is that going to win your dog shit of the year award? No, no, no. I saw, so, I saw something else. I was way worse than that. Oh no. So, um, and then finally, I watched this movie called Ghosted. That's on Apple TV. It's with uh, Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. People been trashing on it. I thought it was just a fun action rom com, honestly. So, so you're you're a, you're a Chris Evans bitch though. You you love you some Chris Evans. No, I love me some Audity Armas, but I don't know about Chris Evans. <laughs> um, so check out Monarch. I'd say check out Ghosted on Apple TV. So what about you? Man, you know what? It's been short. Um, other than uh, talking about a rewatch of the menu, Titanic in 4K, um, almost and Christmas. All, and, it's, and, it's and it's beautifulness. It's, it's a pretty good looking transfer. Um, my, and my TV is still like four years old. So mm -hmm. if that tells you something, that's that's a pretty good, pretty good transfer. Eight Crazy Nights, uh, Santa Claus the movie with Dudley Moore. Mm. We're gonna talk about it next week, but that's 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 an uncovered Christmas gem that I don't think a lot of people talk about anymore. Uh, and then the Sound of Freedom or Sound of Freedom, which we're getting ready to get into today. So, um, yeah. But, uh, Zach, you want to talk about some of the Golden Globe nominations. What is there, like five drama and five comedy slash musical? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to wrap it through some of these. Um, overall, the two big, the, the most with the nominations, Barbie came out with nine, Oppenheimer came out with eight, and uh, Killers of the Fire Moon came out with seven. That's insane. Barbie has nine mm -hmm. nominations. Yeah. Oh, the Critics' Choice Awards nomination came out. They came. I think they had like eighteen nominations. Does anybody like, really damn. care about those anymore? Though the, the Critics' Choice, to me, that's almost like a fancy word for the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, so I'll just, I'll just, I'll do the the director, the acting, and the best pictures. If you want to do that, yeah. Um, best director, we have Bradley Cooper for Maestro, which that movie hits Netflix. This actually, I think today, um, Greta Gerwig, Barbie, Yogos Adamos, Lanamos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, 
and Sling Song for Past Lives. That is a that is a damn. That's a very good category. Very stacked. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I think it's Christopher Nolan and Martin. And 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 no, I think I think it's Christopher Nolan and Martin Scorsese's to lose. I don't think. I think the other ones just got the nom, which they deserve it. But I, I really do think the the achievement in directing of just watching those two movies, I think it's really it's really hard not to choose those two. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, like you I said, think, no, Nolan and Scorsese are like the top, but I could see Greta. She may come 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 away with it because that that was a, that was no easy task to do a Barbie movie and actually it'd be good. Yeah. To me, that would be the dark horse of the the, the dark horse win. Yeah. Uh, best supporting actress: Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, Jodie Foster for Niad, Julianne Moore for May December, Rosamund Pike for Saltburn, Devine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. I would have to say Devine Joy Randolph. I thought she was extraordinary. I know I know you haven't seen the, the Holdovers yet, but I thought she was phenomenal in that. It comes out soon already. Yeah, I think it's already. I think you can get it on like streaming, uh, or like for pay it for like twenty dollars or whatever. Uh, supporting actor William Gerthy DeVoe, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling, Barbie, uh, Charles Melton for May December, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. So they did got a. They do. They did do De Niro for supporting. Yeah. So. I think we talked about that before you went and saw the movie, and so I was I was right. Yep. Uh, best actress in a musical or comedy, Fantasia Barino, The Color Purple. This one shocked. Me. This one was shocking, but I, I'm kind of glad. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence for No Hard Feelings. Natalie Portman, May December. Alma Piosti for Fallen Leaves. Margot Robbie for Barbie, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Wow. Uh, best actor in a musical or comedy, Nicolas Cage for Dream Scenario, uh, Timothy Chalamet for Wonka, Matt Damon for Air, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Walking Phoenix for Bo is Afraid, and Jeffrey Wright, uh, American Fiction. I haven't seen American Friction, Friction, but everything else is pretty, pretty astonishing. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see, um, I think in that category, Paul Giamatti might might get that because he was he was very good in the holdovers. Timothy Chalamet would be cool. I'm, I'm going to see Wonka this weekend, um, so I'll I'll let you know how that is. Uh, all right. So best actor in a best actor in a drama: uh, Annette Bening for Niad, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Hewler for Anatomy, Anatomy of a Fall. Greta Lee for Past Lives, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, and Kaylee Spaney for Priscilla. I, I gotta go with Lily Gladstone. I think she has that in the bag. She's already won so many awards. I think it's just a matter of time until she gets the big two. Oh, yeah. Best Actor in a Drama, uh, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Leonardo DiCaprio, Killers of the Flyer Moon, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Barry Keoghan for Saltburn, Cillian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Andrew Scott for All... All of us strangers. Hmm. Uh, what is it with Bradley Cooper lately? The past few years, just him directing and starring and doing all his own stuff. He's kind I, of somebody who's gotten lost in the shuffle lately. He is, and he's he's the dark horse to maybe win Best Actor this year. Honestly, I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen Maestro. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, 
I would like to see Cillian Murphy win. I think that'd be a cool top off for the whole Oppenheimer thing. Uh, best animated film, The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Across the Spider-Verse, Super Mario Brothers, uh, Suzu- Suzumi, and Wish. The Boy and the Heroine. The Boy and the Heron. No, oh, okay. that's a very different movie. <laughs> uh, probably Across the Spider-Verse, in my opinion. Didn't it win in 2018? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you about this one. They have a new category, Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. Oh, my God. Avatar wins. No. Nominees, nominees are Barbie, Guardians 3, John Wick Chapter 4, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Super Mario Brothers, and the Taylor Swift Eras Tour film. Oh, that's why they they made that category just so Taylor Swift can win a, show a movie award. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like that's just kind of like, hey, the it's the a general, popularity award. Yeah, the general which, and Barbie's going to win that for sure. Yeah. Which is, you know, Barbie's going to win like twelve other things. So I don't know why you even nominate why you didn't even nominate that for this. Who, who knows? What if they just nominated Barbie for all those awards just to have it win one or two? <laughs> wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a turn of events? They've done movies what? like that before. Yeah. That is true. Overall, Zach, what do you think of the Golden Globe noms? Let me do the best pictures and then we'll talk about it. Uh, musical or comedy, best picture, air, American fiction, Barbie, the holdovers, May December, and poor things. And for drama, and anatomy of a fall, killers of the flower moon, maestro, Oppenheimer past lives and the zone of interest in my opinion this is a barbie oppenheimer showdown honestly and it, it'll pretty much set the set the course for what's going to happen for leading up to the oscars so you don't that's how give, the show's always been so you don't give killers of the flyer moon any chance to win <laughs> best picture i want it i mean it'd be cool I think Lily, like I said, I think we said Lily Gladstone has it in the bag, but I think if it's going to win anything else, it might win direction for Scorsese, and it might be might win Best Picture. We'll just have to see. You remember last year? Was it last year or two years ago? You had some really historic, popular, very good directors up for Best Director. I think Spielberg and a few others, mm-hmm. and it, it ended up going to some director who 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 won it last year. I think last year I can look at that up. Hold on one second. At last year at the Golden Globes, the Fablemans did win Best Drama. The Banshees of Inisherin won Musical or Comedy. Um, best Director went to oh Spielberg. Spielberg won it for Best Director last year at the at the Golden Globes. Oh, but it was the directors from Everything All at Once that won Best Director at the Oscars. Yeah. You know what? At the Oscars this year, watch Past Lives win more than it probably should. We'll talk about it in February, but I mean, it it has a chance. I mean, it's, you saw it before I did, and I think we can both agree it's a, it's a very good film. It is. Um, <clears throat> so overall, you think they got it right? Is there anything that you think they left out? Um, I'm kind of the only thing that I was kind of surprised by that America Ferrera didn't get went didn't get a nomination for Barbie. I thought we all. Thought her performance was really good in that. So let's dig into today's episode. Today we're talking about the sound of freedom. 
Uh, it had a July 4th, 2023 release date. IMDb has it at 7.7. Rotten Tomatoes at 57%. The meta score is way down at 36%. While the Google users, though, like it at 90%. Uh, it had a $14 million budget, and it grossed a little over $250 million at the box office. The incredible true story of a former government agent turned vigilante who embarks on a dangerous mission to rescue hundreds of children from traffickers. In the movie, it should say, embarks on a dangerous mission to rescue one child from human trafficking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> it was a little, it was a little backwards for there for a minute, but uh, you know, at the end of the movie, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, starring uh, Jim Caviezel. There you go. Um, I mean, that's really the main actor. I mean, you have Mira Savino, Myra Savino as like the wife, and Bill Camp as Vampiro. That's really about it. All the other ones are kind of no unknown actors. <laughs> and then directed by Alejandro Monteverde. I probably butchered that, but yeah, um, it'll be all right. Sound of Freedom, Zach. Let's talk about the controversial box office. Whether it made more money than it should have, whether it was a word of mouth, I mean, you went, you're the only one out of all of us to, to go see it and drop money at, at it in the box office in the theater. Yeah. What was the, what was the buzz going around opening weekend? Because again, I heard about it, but I didn't really, I didn't still start catching the buzz until about week two or three when it, when it kept making money. And it was coming in behind Barbie and Oppenheimer, still for number three. I think it even beat out Mission Impossible one weekend so you know and honestly we we've already talked about now all those big july releases we've now talked about sound of freedom mission impossible barbie and oppenheimer what was the buzz going into the movie theater for you really the buzz for me was i just didn't know i remember seeing like little ads about it not really seeing a trailer but just kind of like you know sound of freedom in theaters july 4th and i didn't even know what the hell it was honestly and you know July 4th came and we wanted to go see a movie and I kid you not, man, this thing was sold out citywide. Like if you were going from like Quell Springs all the way down to Norman, every single showing was sold out. We, we ended up going to like a nine o'clock in the morning at Harkins theater on July 4th. <laughs> That's how packed it was. And like I said, the buzz was kind of not, there really was no buzz about it. I did because I know this is a Christian film. I know like, it was going to sell out, obviously. Um, but I didn't look at the Rotten Tomatoes score or nothing like that. So I didn't really have like a, like I said, I didn't even know what the movie was about. So I, really, you just went in wanting to see a movie July 4th weekend and knowing that it was a Christian movie, that's the main reason for you going to see the movie. Well, and I'd seen everything else up to that point. So <laughs> it was really the only thing that I hadn't seen. Um Walking out of it, I Golly. good damn. It's like a 60, 64 ounce cup of a drink, and I'm already halfway through. I think I'm gonna get sick. Walking out of the movie, I was just astonished, honestly, how powerful this movie was, how good it was, the how just I, it, I've never really seen a movie where I walk out of it and be like, "That's going on like right now." just this the horrific nature of the situation and be like there are kids there are in that situation and 
there's no one there's no one really coming for them and that's just it's just a horrific situation so and then like you said it just made so much money that it just became a sleeper hit and people were just like god damn like i had co-workers say hey, have you seen this i said yeah and they went and saw they're like god damn so what'd you think about it uh as soon as it was over you know i didn't go sit in the theater so i watched it today for the first time for the episode and it definitely hits you when the movie's over because you are like, especially you have kids, you're like, damn, that's, that, like you said, that stuff is going on today. Um, but this is a strong but. How many times does something like this come out? And, you know, a lot of people just turn, turn their cheek. Yeah, they're they're foreigner kids. They're 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 non-American. You you know what I mean? Like just the 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 city stamp of they're not our kids. So let's let's just turn the cheek. And you right. get that you 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 get that feeling during the movie, um, with like one of the head leaders of Homeland Security. He's like, you got you got the one save. That's that's a career cap. Move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I think. I think there is, I think there is something to say about that. I mean, it, because these aren't, you know, American kids or whatever, you know, the general public, does it really, do they really care about this situation at the end of the day? You know, and what it's was, very, it's very the, debatable. What was a lot of the controversy surrounding this film to where movie theaters didn't want to show it or would turn off the AC during the film, during the, the showing of the movie? You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of like fishy stuff going on when the movie was streaming or when the movie was being shown. Well, I mean, it was showing it's showing a very dark and horrific side of human humanity. And, you know, these are real organizations that kidnap and, you know, do horrible thing human trafficking to kids and the, it's very awful and they make money off of it. So I I would I would think, you know, they don't want a movie coming out coming out that shows that what their business is <clears throat> you know uh it's and it's crazy that i found this out the week that we were talking about this movie is uh one of the uh local police department officers came into my my job as they always do so we had a conversation and he was telling me that right here in oklahoma city the scissor tail park is the number one stop site for human trafficking throughout the entire state of Oklahoma. Wow. It's the number one place where kids get abducted and are targeted for human trafficking. And the city of Oklahoma knows about it, but they don't want to do anything about it because they've spent so much money in making Scissor Tail Park an attraction. They don't want to do anything about it. That's crazy. And if you really think about it geographically, that is a perfect spot. I mean, because there's, Right off the highway. All over the place. Yeah. Grab the kid and let's go. I mean yeah. that, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this question here a little bit. Um, but that opening scene where, you know, the, the Honduras opening. Yeah. Where the father takes the, the kids, they think it's a talent scout and she, he comes back to pick them up and there, there's nothing. They're just gone. I think it does have a lot of, horror elements to it where it's just like you know he just goes down the hallway and you hear that very sinister score honestly and it just really sets the tip mode 
And then you have like the opening credits where you see like, see like traffic cam footage of like people people just kidnapping kids just off their mothers as they're sleeping. Now this this isn't a joke that I'm going to bring up to you, but what were, were you thinking? You know, this was PG thirteen. Jesus saves kids. No, what no. were you thinking of? What you know? I don't think they would have made the same mistake twice. But what do you think would have happened if they got somebody like Mel Gibson to direct this movie? I, you know, honestly, do you and, do you feel like it should have been more graphic? I personally, I, it's yes and no. It's yes because it's this is this is it, this is happening right now as even as we talk about this film it's you don't because you're just automatically automatically going to lose like viewerships and audience members because they're not going to sit through a two-hour almost a damn near two and a half movie where kids are being molested i think this movie really and i want to get your opinion about this i think this movie tread the line so carefully of like like when the when the little girl is like sitting on the bed and the old man walks in there and he yep. like cuts he like pulls the pulls the blinds or the, the curtains. That's and, all you and, needed for a scene like that. Yeah. And it just stays on that for about five seconds. I was like, that's all you need. And then it cuts to her in the bathtub. It's like that that's perfect. That's yep. all you need to know. That's all you need to see. It gives the idea perfectly. Yeah. So as a parent as a parent, I don't I don't have kids. I'm not married. But as a as a parent watching this, what what was your reaction to it? Uh Eh. <laughs> no. No. Um, honestly, it was a little tough, but you think and put scenarios like that into your head to where you try not to put yourself ever in that situation. But sometimes you just can't help it. One of the one of the most horrific scenes in the movie for me was when the movie started off and you saw all the uh, scenarios of how you know all the security cam footage of how kids get snatched up. Yeah. To me, that's probably the most ter terrifying thing about this whole situation, the whole movie, and the whole real-life scenarios is that people are doing this now in, in broad daylight. People are doing this as you're loading the car of groceries. You're loading your car with the groceries and the kids in the, you know, in the front thing. Yeah. You know, um, stuff like that's happening all the time. I mean, you know, you can always think about. I got to do this to be safer. I got to do that. But sometimes at the end of the day, you're always being watched. I feel like, and yeah. if you have kids, if you have kids, I feel like you're always being watched, whether it's people making sure you're doing the right thing. People want to make sure you're doing the wrong thing. People are watching because maybe they are trying to take, you know, it's just so tough. Um, I, I've really heard, I mean, I've heard stories that, you know, parent, the mom or dad just look away. Just like you said, just putting the bags of groceries in the car and the kid gets taken from the basket. Yep. Um, and you know what? I hate to say, I don't want to say that I, I do every situation right or I try to place the cart every right way. But I would always rather either be late or put somebody else in a situation to where they have to wait instead of me waiting if somebody's looking to take my cart because they hell let me take the cart off your hands yeah i'm yeah. fine you know I, I i always 
I always make sure to park as close to certain areas as I can. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that is always going through my mind, at least. Yeah. Um, even if the kid is crying and screaming, I'm still taking the time to set him in there, buckle him up. <clears throat> even if it's a little snug on him because he's a big baby, I'm still taking the extra time to 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 snap that thing. Yeah. Because you you never you you never know. And the thing that sucks about it now is like, man, people are so quick about it. Like I said earlier, they're doing some of the stuff in broad daylight at some of the busiest grocery stores in the United States. Yeah. And it's not even like, you know, you think that it's just, oh, it only happens in like like in the movie like Honduras or Colombia, places that don't have that that highest security. No, this this stuff is happening all over the United States as well. Yeah, I mean, and this isn't, and the the whole idea of human trafficking it goes beyond kids. Like I was on the news this tonight, they were talking about someone stalking young women at a college campus. It's like, damn, like like there's just it the level of the level of determination and their access is almost unparalleled of what what they're able to do. I had to kick somebody off the place of my job. Because he was in a, a random white car with no tag, and he was out. He he got out of his car, and he was asking every every person that was in my in my store was like a young, probably seventeen to twenty one year old female, and he was asking them, "Hey, do you guys play video games?" and signaling them to go to the to the bathroom, and then I had to like step out and you know talk to security and say, "Hey, he's trying to get people to go in the car with him." Mm-hmm. And yeah, stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah, it it's terrible, honestly. I mean, there's really no other word to really describe it. And the fact that that happens in broad daylight—that's that's the that's the craziest thing to me. It's just like you know, you would think that oh, you're not safe at you know, obviously you're not safe at night, but it, these people don't care. They'll you saw you know you saw the movie. They stashed the kids right off the streets. I have to look over my shoulder almost every time I go buy Blu-rays. Because you never know. That they might steal the kid or they might steal the Blu-ray that you're wanting. Or they might try to take me. A little so <laughs> a little combination of all three. Um but in all seriousness, um That's just you, me though. I'm always trying to put a little limelight on stuff. Yeah. What do you think about the? I mean, when we get past like the kid, the two kids being kidnapped, and you see the security cam footage, and you get introduced to um, Tim Ballard, what do you think? It kind of threw me off for a loop because I thought, is he like, is he a sexual predator that's trying oh, yeah, to get yeah. kids? You're talking but, about the scene with uh, Oshinsky, yeah, the guy who with the glasses and the nerdy look, and he like you could spot him a mile away. Oh, he's damn, he's damn sure is a pedophile. Yeah. It just it threw me off for a loop because I was just like, well, is he in on it? But you know, obviously it sets up the idea that he's undercover. And then like the the diner scene is like, like, all right, cool, thanks for helping. It's like now you're under arrest for child trafficking. It has that big grin on his face. Um, but you know, so this this is kind of this is uh, if you look at on like IMDb, it's labeled as docudrama, true crime, biography, crime, drama, history. 
Um, do you, I think they? Do you think they tried too much to make it feel like a, a docudrama? Some scenes I were almost, I was almost like, this feels like it's a. I don't know. Again, I don't know if maybe it's just because it's the way it was shot, but some moments of the film I felt like I was watching a uh, daytime TV show. Oh, I didn't get that at all. I, I didn't. I don't. I didn't feel the idea that it was kind of shot like a documentary. It, this felt like a very. Honestly, not, 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 not like it was shot like a documentary, but at some scenes I felt like I was watching a soap opera. Oh, uh, like it was just kind of like too soapy, like yeah. the dramatic, the dramatic aspect of it, kind of. Yeah. <sighs> and and it was so, it was scenes like the drama, like the the diner scene or the scene where he's lighting up a cigarette with him. It just felt a little too, like it had too much cheese on it. You know, honestly, it felt, now that I'm kind of sitting here talking about it with you, it feels like a David Fincher film. Just the way it's kind of shot and like the the, the cinematography, it feels like very dark in some parts of it. It's just like, wow, Fincher could have directed this and it would have been, I think if Fincher could have directed this, it would have been an Oscar contender, to be honest. But, you know, I don't think... I. There's only one point in this film where, and I'm not, I'm just not big on these Christian type films. I just think that, and not even because they're, you know, I'm against it. It's just, I just think they're made very badly. They're just, they're just not very good. It's, it's a, it's a low budget film. Yeah. But I mean, there's only one instance where he's just like, you know, God's kids are not for sale. That was the only one that was just kind of like, oh, okay. So, you know, you really are trying to get this message across. <laughs> But so, so you thought they were going to be more? Oh, very heavy-handed about yeah. it. Angel Studios is a, is a Christian film company, and so you know when I saw that, I was like, "Oh Lord, for two hours we're going to be doing this." But it really stuck to the the rescue mission and the and his just really determination of trying to get these kids back. And I agree with you. It, I, I think this was an instance where it's just like maybe these were the two first kids that he tried to rescue and like at the end of the film it says like he's rescued like however many more since since those two maybe maybe that was the point of the movie plus you have to plus you have to also kind of remember you know when they set up that fake hotel and they bring the boat loads of kids in I'm like that those are like what they say like third like almost 60 kids that they rescued in that moment yeah so what did you think of the scene where uh you know, he gets the son, he gets the little boy, he rescues the boy, and he gets the, him reunited with the dad. That was kind of the spark of the, hey, I just can't stop at one. I need to find his his sister, mm-hmm. and I need, to, I need to get through. And, you know, I find the word vigilante used, I kind of chuckled at that. I don't know why they would use that in there. Well, but it's almost did- like a anti- it's almost like a, a superhero origin story in this movie. <laughs> I hate to say that, but like I don't mean that as a joke, but it feels very like Iron Manny a little bit. You know, it's just kind of like I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to set up this this guy that he doesn't want to be a hero. He's just trying to do the right thing. At the end of the day, like the pacifier with Vin Diesel. I mean, oh lord, <laughs> that kind of had to do with the human trafficking, even though they didn't really say it. You're expecting uh, Vin Diesel to come in here with a bunch of Corona and say family. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I, 
I, I liked the the character of Vampiro, who I don't know if that is based oh, off of like a true character or not. That was the WCW wrestler back in the day. Vampiro <laughs> came out with face on his paint on his face and all. Man, <laughs> I know you're excited about the Iron Claw, man. Let's let's try to stay focused on this. <laughs> you know, for the for at first, I thought Vampiro was a criminal. I thought he was like in on it and oh i see what you're saying like yeah he's an ex-criminal like i said he like worked for cartel or whatever right but i mean like i see what you're saying like he was in on it or whatever yeah trying to catch him yeah but i think one of those powerful moments of the movie is that scene where he said like he said where ballard says to him like why are you doing this like what what's your end on this and he tells this very disturbing almost horrific story of you know, he was drunk one drunk run one night, bought got someone off the streets, and it turns out it was a fourteen year old girl, mm. and that really it changed his whole perspective on life. Essentially, that's insane. What did you think of the beach house scene where uh, they brought those first set of like thirty to sixty kids? I really thought. I mean that. I think in the hands of another director, which I, I haven't seen any of Alejandro's other films, they could have easily made that to like a big action set piece, but it's just the reality of, you know, right moment, right place, right, right circumstances, and they're able to save all these kids except for the sister. <clears throat> and I thought, and I want to get your opinion about this, I thought, I thought by the time you get to that, which I think is like maybe the hour and how long is this movie? Two hours and like 13 two, minutes? Two hours and 11 minutes. Two hours and 11 minutes. That's probably like an hour and 30 minutes. We still have like another 40 minutes to go. I thought, in my opinion, by the time you get to the the end of the beach scene, I'm so emotionally exhausted with everything that's happened up to this point. I think you could have easily ended the movie right there and said that, you know, he was still, he still, um, did took everything it took everything and it took every resource he had to find the sister but instead we do like the whole jungle sequence and i i wasn't checked out i wasn't you know irritated by it but i I was just exhausted by that point oh of just the story yeah just the thematic emotional weight of the situation and just like you know they're he's literally going into the jungle in the dead of night against these really heinous people and at any any at any point, this could easily turn terrible. So by that point, you were just kind of already. I was just like, I didn't want them. I wasn't like I said. I wasn't tired. I was. I was just emotionally drained. I was just like, how much more? How much more emotional terrorism is there left in this movie? Yeah. What What do you think about what you What do you think about him going into the jungle to find the sister? Uh. I, I do agree. I, at that point of the movie, I was probably a little too... I'm not going to say overly drawn out of the story, but I did feel like it was just a little too excessive, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, maybe, so maybe a straight two-hour film chopped down to maybe an hour 45. Yeah. I, I, I mean, agree with that. When, when his boss told him to go over there and do what you can. He he was like, keep it under a ten a ten grand budget, right? Yeah. 
I think so, yeah. Yeah. So. That's probably the like one. That's my like. That's my only nitpick. Nitpick of the movie, to be honest. Oh really? Yeah. What is and that is uh just making it what your nitpick of being it that it sh- that it's a little too that, le- lengthy that you're just kind of yeah. twiddling your thumbs. Not even twist twiddling my thumbs. I'm just like I just. Thematically, I think this movie, like you said, need to be like an hour and 45 minutes. Maybe do like a director's cut when it hit Blu-ray. I saw the Blu-ray at Mardell's, and I'm surprised there's no special features on that. Like maybe interviewing the real Tim Tim Ballard and telling his story or whatever. Oh, yeah. But yeah, there's like no special features on that. So you were shocked at it? that there? Well, I mean, same thing. I, I ended up look, you know, looking at it today. And there were no special features. And at that point, I'm just like, what am I spending $24.99 on? Just literally just the film. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it's just, it's interesting how that kind of uh, plays out. And it's not even, um, I don't even think it's streaming anywhere, right? Not, not, at, the, not at the time of this recording, no. Which, like I said, it kind of it kind of shocks me that that this movie has got such high praise and high, um, you know, became such a word of mouth movie that it's not on any streaming services yet. It just I came out on Blu-ray. What, like two weeks ago, two or three no, weeks ago? No, it came out like around. I wanted to say Thanksgiving time, or maybe the week before. Oh, so like the week before Thanksgiving, probably. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. Was like. You know, is this a movie that you could see yourself getting, or is it not even? No, it. Like I remember walking out of that movie saying, "Like that was a very powerful story," but I'll probably never watch that again. Yeah, it came out uh, November fourteenth on on physical media. Yeah, right there. Physical um, media. It came with the yeah. DVD. It came with the DVD and digital copy. But uh, it's not, there's no special features. And in big letters on the back, it says, God's children are not for sale. Now they did, since you didn't see this in the theater, I'll, I'll just say, after the credits was over, there was like a 13th, there was like a a two minute um, message from the actor Jim Cavazil, who was just it, saying, it oh, is that be, in there too? It might be on there too, because I, I didn't finish the credits, but it did say uh, special message after credits at the very bottom. Yeah. And it was just saying like, you know, this movie, this movie was actually made like three or four years ago, but no studio, they wouldn't give this, the studio wouldn't give backing. They didn't want to promote it. They didn't want to release it. Oh, wow. And they essentially, he said, the way this film gets known is by viewers like you that come see this and go tell friends, family, relatives, and, um, and how it very, like, we want this movie to be seen, but we're not it's not Disney. It's not universal there. We don't have the backing to uh, get this movie out. So thank you for coming to see it. Hmm. Interesting. So it does make you wonder like what, uh, what is the whole worrisome of like, why did nobody want to, 
do anything for this movie. Like, was it? You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, I've I, I've I've literally seen way more. I don't know. I know it's a touchy subject, but. Listen to this. The film was completed in 2018, and a distribution deal was made with the Latin American subsidiary 20th, of 20th Century Fox. When that studio was purchased by Disney, it shelled the film. Subsequently, the filmmakers bought the distribution rights back from the studio. Wow. Angel presented the the this Angel Studio presented the film to an online group of 100,000 investors in its past prod projects. Uh, and then they gave it a yes, a yes vote within days. And in twenty twenty in twenty twenty three, Angel Studios had acquired worldwide distribution rights with the planned release during the second half of twenty twenty three. So they were tr- they were trying to get this to be like a maybe not an Oscar contender, but maybe a uh, for it to be seen widely. Which it, it accomplishes go. The fact like you said, the fact that this came out July 4th, it toppled Mission Impossible and stayed in third place with the Barbie and Oppenheimer. That's that's impressive. That's very impressive. So um yeah, overall, like I said, I, I don't think I'd ever watch this again. Um but I'm glad I saw it in the theater. It was, it was a very powerful moving experience. So, so when he finally did rescue Rocio, and like you said, you were kind of done with it by the time he rescued her, and he got her in the van and being shot at on the way out. Yeah. So you the too, you think it was too much? You think they could have just he found her and it cut to like paragraphs explaining like what happened afterwards. Probably, I uh, even though the ending was was good and you know the the reuniting was good, I still feel like it was it was just. I think that this is one this is one of those movies that I I highly doubt you should go in wanting an amazing story, wanting an amazing performance. This is a movie that is strictly about getting the point across, and that's it. Not only getting the point across, but telling, like Zach said, his story, the beginning of his story. This is him becoming Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, it. I would agree with that. I think there are good performances in here, but I, I agree with you. It is very, it, this movie does have a uh, an idea just that it's striving towards. Um, I do think it, it accomplished it, but... At the same time, you know, you're dealing with a very serious, touchy subject. And, you know, while this movie made a lot of money, people are not going to go out and willingly watch this. They are going to go see something that's a lot more lighthearted. Or, you know, they don't want to deal, or I shouldn't say deal, they don't want to acknowledge the situation that's going on all around the world. Yeah. Or, or like, just in general, like, you know, if, if you're a fan of just film in general... And you know what? Like, kind of like how we are. This is a this is a serious subject, but it's one of those movies that got talked about. It made a lot of money. So, again, I think if you're a film fan in general and you're you're an average moviegoer, 
I think this is a movie you should at least watch once. Just like how you talked about Scarface two weeks ago. I'm not comparing Sound of Freedom and Scarface in the same sentence. <laughs> even though they both happened in the District of Columbia, kind of. Am I right? Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, just, just as a film fan in general, I, I do think you should at least probably give this a shot. Um, just because of yeah. the subject matter and the story. You know, it's, it's loosely based off of a true story. Um, like I said, though, don't go in expecting, you know, a Leonardo DiCaprio performance or a big budget like The Dark Knight or a, um, a three-hour epic like Oppenheimer. That is a good question. Do you think if they had gotten someone like Leonardo DiCaprio or Bradley Cooper or a, no, a main-named actor, do you think this could have been – do you think you're no, kind of in the same situation? I think you're in the same situation. Like you said, the, no studios wanted to touch it. No studios even wanted to put a finger on it. Um, so therefore, I think any who's everybody probably would have bounced out of it. So the actor like Jim, what's his name? Jim Cavill. Cavizzle, yeah. There we go. That's Henry Cavill's brother. I think an actor like him putting his touches on this movie shows you that he wasn't worried about money. He wasn't worried about a, you know, getting an Oscar nod. He just wanted to get the performance out there and, and get the story across. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Did you, did you have a, I know it's kind of hard to say, a favorite scene of a subject matter like this kind of a film, but did you have a, a scene that stood out? Um, probably the scene with Vampiro, just talking <clears throat> about how he made that horrible discovery and it just changed his life. Um, I will say this movie cinematography wise had a really cool ending and opening shot where you zoom in on zoom in on the window with uh uh what was the what was the rocio and it pulls back and just you know it's just kind of like you're you're go i like how it's kind of like you're going into this world of just like horrificness and you're leaving with the idea of while she did suffer while she did go through something that's very traumatic and likely that's just scars the rest of her life there is hope that maybe at the end of the day, some of these kids can be rescued and they could have a normal life. Even then, I think as a kid, if you go through something like this, I don't think there is a normal life after being rescued. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What about you? Did you have a, a quote unquote favorite scene? If I had to have a scene that I had to acknowledge, it would probably be... Uh, Man, probably the scene where he's talking to his wife. That's probably a scene that really hit when he's like, could you imagine? She was the same age as their daughter. If we go in there and her bed is empty, what would we do? Mm -hmm. That that right there kind of shows you and tells you that, hey, you know, stuff like this happens all the time. And you have a parent who's talking to his significant other about the real life situation. Um, stuff like that to where, you know. It, it haunts you as a parent. You'd never want to go through anything like that. So that scene right there where they're pointing it out, pretty pretty hard to talk about, pretty hard to sit through. Um, and then, you know, the re the reuniting of the family, the two the two kids and the father at the end. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, let's give a star rating on Sound of Freedom. I'll go first. Um, you know, Again, like you said, I don't know if I'm going to pick this back up and, and rewatch it soon. I think this might, I don't even know when 
the right time would be to pull this movie out and watch it again? I mean, maybe uh, Easter Sunday when the whole family's around. Um, or would you want to watch this, you know, Thanksgiving instead of watching the big game? Uh, but I think it was a subject matter that had to be talked about. It was a movie of the year that gained so much popularity that we had to talk about. Um, the subject matter was tough, but again, the movie did its job by getting it out there. I would have to give this movie a six for now. Um, I was standing on the fence about whether giving it a six or a seven, um, but being unbiased and just talking about it as a film in general, I don't know when I'll pick it up again, uh, but I'm going to give it a six. Zach, what about you? Um, I'm going to go higher. Um, I think the advent of seeing this in the theater really um, gave this movie a little bit more appreciation for me. I think there is a good performance in here. I think this is an important film to see. Um, just knowing that this is going on, like I said, as we talk on this podcast. Um, but it just doesn't have the rewatchability. You know, I, like I said, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch this again, with the exception of for this show. Um, but the movie just hit me where, you know, it should, if you're going to make a film like this. So I'll, I'll give it an eight. So, an eight. um, and then I did like the glossiness of the, the disc art. Yeah. I like it's that. That's nice. Got a nice. So, and then, you know what, for, for example, like we talked about it on last week's episode, this might be something that they never put on streaming. A streaming service like a Netflix or an HBO Max may never want to pick up rights to this. Yeah. So, yeah. Physically, that's, that's true. If they never want to touch it, guess what? If I ever do have the 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 reason or the want to rewatch it, it's it's mine. We talked about it. Yeah, that's true. And you know what's you know what's crazy is I found this. Is this put out by Angel Studios too? Um, hold, let me see. Put it, put it back up real quick. Uh, no, that it's not Angel. I think it's Pure Flex Productions. Pure Flex. Yeah. yeah. Never seen it, but it was a dollar at the Dollar Tree. Um, let me hear it, Zach. The man knows no bounds when it comes to Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be it, curious if you watch that. I'm just curious to see, like, as a like as a Christian film, like. Which one would you prefer if you had to watch those two again? Which one would it be? You know, God's Not Dead has Kevin Sorbo in it. Mm, Hercules and I'm a, himself. I'm a, I was a big ass Hercules fan in the nineties, so that might have a a uh, advantage over it. No, um, so. But next week, Zach. I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested in hearing what everybody else is talking about and what everybody else's emails are. Send in the emails. We'll talk about them um, next week, next Wednesday, December 27th. We are talking our top five plus five holiday movies. Um, you know what? It's just it's just not the holidays unless we pick these movies out and watch them. I think it's just going to be a fun episode. Um, Zach, I think it's just us going through our 10 favorite holiday movies. Um, this is our first top five plus five episodes since April. What are you most looking forward to about next week? The list, man. Love love to, li love to categorize things. Love to, love to list them off. Um, and I do want to preface, like you said, we're doing holiday movies, but we're also doing like... 
TV shows, specials, you know, anything that you relate to that holiday. So when we bring up, you know, the Big Bang Theory Christmas episode, we're like, wait, you're doing what? Just, you know, everything, everything, like you said, anything that you feel is holiday related and you can't watch, you can't do that holiday without it, it counts. Yeah. Um, and then that's it, man. That's next week is the last episode of 2023 for us. And then, uh, you know, we're not done yet because January is right around the corner. And January 3rd, we are talking about the 10th anniversary of Whiplash. Oh, yeah. Miles, Miles Teller. Um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. And you know what? There's there's your first look at our, at our brand new poster. I think it's going to be fun. Um, I cannot wait to talk about Whiplash. I don't know who's going to talk about it with me. But I know it is an episode, and we will get through it. Um, man, it's it's going to be fun. I think Nick is going gonna, is gonna to join me. So Nick from Friday the 14th podcast will be on. We're going to have a fun conversation all about Whiplash. Um, I might and- have to join in with you guys because <laughs> I, I really do. I was going to suggest doing that movie this year, and I that, that that's just – that would be a fun conversation to have. Um. And then you know what? It, we just we we kick it off some more after that. So, twenty twenty four seems like it's going to be another fun year. We're going to shake things up some. So, don't think things are changing, but we are not going anywhere. Um, other than that, man, any any other final comments? We, we're going to put the final nail in the coffin on Sound of Freedom, and all roads lead to the top five. Yeah. Um... I think that's like you said, this movie is does deserve to be watched at least once. Um, whether you're just trying to catch up for the year or you think this is one of your favorite films of the year, you know, send in the emails. Let us know what you thought about Sound of Freedom. And definitely, definitely send in your top ten or top five plus five holiday movies because we'll we'll read them out next week. Yeah, should be fun conversation. I cannot wait. Um, good conversation here with you tonight, Zach. Until then, we will see everybody next week for our top five plus five holiday films. Um, Until then, have a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas, guys. And we'll see you next week right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Merry Christmas. Check the list.